We have gathered all the forces we can. I don't know, like, this has become so... I'm getting tingles right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it, it feels like a movie. It feels like this should be the natural progression. And I could see the sequel potential. We must not forsake them. You have gathered an army to replace the one lost at Ostagar, Greywood. Let us pray that it will be enough. Look at all of the people that we've gathered this is by so our side, and in the end, we're gonna be sacrifice. I mean, I guess Riordan's gonna sacrifice himself if he makes it, but if not, we will. Hi, and welcome to Enchantment, a Dragon Age Let's Play podcast. I'm Manny. And I'm Brandon. And this is episode 30, the yes. finale. We are of out of, Enchantment our, of Enchantment Origins. Of Enchantment Origins. And, you know, we're in our 30s. We are. We are. And uh, let's see. Which is see. basically the end of life. Let's see how far <laughs> we make it past the 30s. Because uh, what you just heard is the beginning of the end. Arl Eamon rallying the troops to Denerim. From Redcliffe to fight in this final battle against the Darkspawn. Was that Arl Eamon rallying the troops? I just thought that was a narrator. That was Arl Eamon. It's always someone. It's like in the it, beginning how it was Duncan. He doesn't sound like, you know, natural in his way of saying things to Well, the maybe troops. this is like a retrospective. Like he's telling the story later on and he's mm. a little more like able to compose himself. Yeah. And he's not just like the battle's about to go on. He's a good speaker. He's a good speaker. Yes. I would write I would let him write my speeches or <laughs> say them. So, Manny, that's what we just heard, but what happened in the last episode? So in the last episode we had the lands meet. Well, first of all, we killed Serato, but enough about him. Oh. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, we did. Uh, and we had the lands meet mm -hmm. where we finally defeated Loghain, splattered his blood oh. all over his daughter. It was wonderful. Yes, wonderful. and the one guy who stood by him. And the one guy who stood by him. <laughs> um, and then we spoke with Riordan, who let us know that uh, the only way to defeat the archdemon is if one of us dies. And it has to be one of the three of us. So it either has to be Stavan, Alistair, or Riordan. Yes, because it has to be Grey Warden, and we just found this out yesterday. However, we learned that Morgan has a ritual that she can perform to allow us to not need this tragic fate to befall one of the great wardens mm -hmm. but we heroically denied because we said that's disgusting the consequences of performing this dark ritual was too great and we didn't want that to befall the world and no, this child no. yeah we already have a blight to deal with we can't have like a blight part two or part <laughs> six from this child yeah it's like american horror story yeah <laughs> where it's, the it's... devil child is born at the end of season one and then it's not uh dealt with until season yeah. eight if we let this have happened dragon age eight is going to be the apocalypse yeah <laughs> um and so we leave off right after morgan leaves the party and arl eamon rallies everyone on our way to denrim and we meet ourselves at a cutscene where the new king alistair addresses all of the troops preparing for battle. 
Before us stands the might of the Darkspawn Horde. Gaze upon them now, but fear them not. His like commanding voice is so different. The man beside me is a native of Ferelden, now risen to the ranks of the Grey Wardens. He is proof that glory is within reach of us all. He has survived despite the odds, and without him, none of us would be here. As I pass through, through we us. save Denarum. Today, we avenge the death of my brother, King Caelan. But most of all, today, we show the Grey Wardens that we remember and honor their sacrifice. Yeah. For Ferelden, for the Grey Wardens! Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is happening. Oh my god, I didn't know it would come to this. <laughs> After Alistair's rousing speech, which does have a glitch, but it's fine. It, 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 he I like mean, walks through Stevan while talking about him, which is pretty amazing. It's metaphorical. No, because that means that Alistair doesn't respect him. Oh, well. Like, you're not even here to me. You're not even here. I'm a king now. <laughs> no. uh, I'm going to bet that it wasn't intentional. It's not intentional. <laughs> But uh, we go into a cutscene, and it's a very dramatic cutscene mm -hmm. where you see the Darkspawn in Denarim just fighting people and chopping people and cutting off heads. But then our army rises through the woods to come in and fight the fight. And then it's kind of evenly matched. Like you see some of our people die. You see some of their people die. And it's all just very... It's very bloody. It's so bloody. Wow, look at all the people here to fight with us. Oh, there's the Archdemon. <gasps> oh no. Who was that? It was just a random person, but still. Do you think Wade is still alive? Who? Wade. Oh, Wade, who's making our armor? Yeah. I, I don't know if we'll ever see that armor. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna get hit. I'm really sad that, like, Morgan left. Morgan left. A lot of this is bittersweet. Like, Alistair was really mad at us for making him king. Mm. Morgan left. Oh, we're alone? After this cutscene, it cuts to Stevan, and we're ready to fight Darkspawn, but it's just Stevan. And we think, oh, we're alone. But then you realize that you're gathered with all of your friends at once. So instead of having, like, your party of four, mm -hmm. it's just you and every single companion you have just around, along with guards and archers and all that, fighting, like, this big horde of Darkspawn. And it's actually kind of cool. It's kind of because it feels like a battle. It feels like everyone's separated in their own little area fighting the Darkspawn. Yeah, and they kind of run around, like, they'll help you out, and then they'll run to the next enemy, and it really feels like all your friends are together. Yeah. As opposed to just, like, a small group that you mm -hmm. chose, like, normal. Yeah. It's like that uh, part when we played when uh, we were ambushed at our camp. <laughs> yes, and exactly everyone was that. around. Yeah, <laughs> except this is a little more expected. Yeah, because that was just weird in its own right. But yes, it's exactly like that, and we just get to run around and be like, "Oh, look, everyone's helping us along." I was gonna say this, this can't be that hard, right? If we're alone, they can't make us. Man, I know there's other people, but oh wait, it's our whole team. Our whole team's here. Yeah, it's just not, like, in the party format. Because that was Eliana and Shale. And who's that? Is that Alistair? It's Alistair. Oh, my God. That's Riordan. This is so nice. And Salvage! Oh, buddy. Hopefully they don't die. That'd be kind of fucked up. There's Wynn. This is cool. 
cool. I actually really like this. Who's that? It feels like the finale it of does. the show. That's Alistair. I guess it's just like a random guard person helping out in the army. There's Zevrin. Baby. You know, for for a character who, like, I felt like we weren't hitting it off, like, romantically, everyone really thinks that we are. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, they're like, I see the way he is around you. And he's like, oh, for It's like, oh, thanks for telling me that, because I don't. Because I don't. It's like, I feel like we never talk. I mean, we talk about, like, our lives and stuff, which is also, like, a very important part of romance. But, like, we never open up. Like, we, we're open, but we never express our feelings towards each other. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to be, like... But I think Zevran has a hard time. Like, even in his final, like, gift to you, you know, it was still very, like, just take it and know, you know, you know what it means, you know? He has a hard time expressing himself. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's a lot. You know what would be useful? Bees. Oh. They would be useful. After this grand battle, with all of our friends helping, we finally defeat the last of the Darkspawn in this area... And Riordan walks on up, and he's like, good job, everybody. This is easier than I thought. Remember, we're going to die today. <laughs> he literally says that, though. He's like, this was easier than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, this, job, everyone. this blight is just bullshit. Yeah, they're, they're just a bunch of P, P words. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to actually say it. They're just a bunch of P words. Just a bunch of P words, damn it. And so uh, Riordan comes up, and we start to plan our next uh, our next move. You've managed to fight your way to the gates. We're doing better than I hoped. That will change quickly. Bloody Nug Runners are outnumbered three to one. What are we to do now, Riordan? You have a plan, I assume. The army will not last long, so we need to move quickly to reach the Archdemon. I suggest taking Alistair and no more than two others with you into the city. You're not coming with me? I need to go in separately. If we're together, the Archdemon will sense us before we're ready. We're going to need to reach a high point in the city. I'm thinking the top of Fort Draken might work. The top of... You want to draw the dragon's attention? We have little choice. Though I'll warn you that as soon as we engage the beast, it will call all its generals to help it. I can sense two generals in Denerim. You may wish to seek them out before going to Fort Draken. I am sure that if we did slay those generals, it would stop the Darkspawn in the city from doing a lot of harm. It may also waste resources trying to find them. The decision is up to you. I'm ready. Riordan says that he's going to enter the battle separately. Yes. Um, which I feel is a terrible plan, but it's fine. No, it's a good plan. He says that the reason he's doing it is because the Archdemon will be able to sense if it's like a congregation of a bunch of great wardens. Oh, I missed that. And plus, if something happens to him, then we're in a separate place, safe. But if we put mm. all of our great warden eggs in one basket, we could all just end up dying together. I think what they should have done yeah. was get some people to become great wardens. And just like invoke the rite of conscription. Yes. Like right away. Like just be like, here, drink some blood, drink some blood, hurry. I mean, there's plenty of dark spawns to get it from. It's like, here we go. Let's go. Let's right, go. Everyone sip. One sip, just do it. Yeah, like, because what if all three die? Then who do you have? You should have <laughs> got some dark spawn blood. Freaking probably we've killed so many we could just get some. Oh, there's tons of dark spawn blood ton. to choose from. So we could have gotten like at least 
five people. Yeah, maybe there's like preparation involved besides just having blood. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like they they could just do it on a whim. <laughs> but uh, there's also Orlesian Grey Wardens. They oh. just, Riordan's the only one who made it because he was supposed to come ahead to like warn us or something. Uh-huh. So if there really was an issue, I guess Orle could be like, well, now it's our turn. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we go separately for the safety of everyone. And right as we uh, prepare to head off, we choose our team and we choose to go with Alistair, Wynne, and Zevrin. And so this and- is going to be our, our final team up getting ready for the end. Yeah, enjoy that, kids. Yes. Um, and right after we make that decision, our companions start coming up to us one by one to just say a few words before our last battle. Well, this is it, Warden. When from the blood of battle the stone is fed, let the heroes prevail and the blighters lie dead. As one of the blighters, I sodding salute you. Let's show them our hearts and then show them theirs. Yeah. So the archdemon is next, is it? Uh-huh. Oh, part of me is glad that it has decided to leave together. me here at the gate. That's so true. But the other part is apprehensive. I would almost say that I feel concern for something other than myself, even maybe for a soft, squishy companion. But that would be silly, wouldn't it? Thank you, Shell. I appreciate the thought. And uh, do try not to get swallowed whole. If the beast were to fly about afterwards and poop it out, irony would dictate that it would land on me. I couldn't take it. Well then, I suppose this is it. Have fun storming the castle. You may never see them again. Oh my god. Oh my god, Salvage. Worried whining. I'm getting really emotional. <laughs> you be good, you hear? Happy barking. Stand. Are you ready? We have reached the battlefield at last. Has Stan ever even been in our party? No. I think like once. Once to get his sword. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your help, Stan. I have done nothing. You're correct. You <laughs> That's kind of true, and I feel bad about it. <laughs> You're correct. So this is it? This is the end? We've come so far. It's strange knowing that all our fates will be decided in a matter of hours. I wish I could go with you. I respect your decision to keep me here, even though I would have gladly stood by your side even to the death. You have been a true friend, and I... I will be extremely cross with you if you don't return. Be careful out there. I will see you soon. Oh, Liana. Before we head after the Archdemon, I want to say something. Either we both die trying to kill it, or one of us dies making the final blow. Either way, both of us aren't walking out of here. So I just want you to know that it's been an honor fighting by your side. I feel the same. You've been a good friend. Let's find this Archdemon then and kick its ass. Yeah. So, we head into the city to face the Archdemon together, do we? Just as it should be. Allow me to say that it has been a pleasure, my friend. My friend? Assassinating you was the luckiest thing that could have happened to me. Good to have you here, By your side, I would willingly storm the gates of the dark city itself. Do not doubt it. See, it wasn't as romantic. He called me my friend. Yeah, that's so true. 
all our friends say goodbye to us. Well, the ones that are staying behind. Yeah, um, it's actually kind of funny because the way it works out is that everyone says goodbye except Win. Yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't care, I guess. She, she knows she's going to die soon. <laughs> she's like, I basically have been saying goodbye this entire game. Yeah, so... <laughs> Every I time we talk to her, she's like, I'm about to die. Oh. She reminds me of my mother. I think I've said that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where she's just like, oh, my frail bones. And meanwhile, she's like running around killing Darkspawn left yeah. and right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the way it works is like, everyone you leave behind says goodbye. And like, Alistair, because he's important. And like, the person you're romance with. Like, that's what I assume. And it just so happens that our configuration <laughs> leaves only Wynn. Yeah. To have not said goodbye. <laughs> Even Morgan got to say goodbye. Yeah. Last time. So, but they are very heartfelt. Yeah. They truly are. Except for, like, Sten. That one was funny, though. Yeah. Because he's right. He didn't do anything. <laughs> he's like, I did not do anything. You're correct. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? All he, The only time he joined us was when we were finding his sword for him. He was just kind of tagged along. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he was helping, like, at camp. Maybe he, like, cooks for everyone and just, like, tends the camp. The happiest and- I've ever seen Sten was when he got Asala. Yeah, of course. He was so proud of that. He wouldn't even talk to Salvage about his history with <laughs> Asala. Asala. So, you know what? At least he got something great out of the deal. Yeah. Even if we really didn't use him at yeah. all. But they were really, really sweet. I loved Liliana's goodbye, where she called us such a good friend. And Zevran said he would fight with us to the ends of whatever. And... It was all just very nice. Oh, Shale said she cares about us. Oh, yeah. That we we're probably the only one, the only human she's ever cared about. Yeah. It's just, it's very sweet, in fact. Mm-hmm. And so this leads into a long string of battles. Because yeah. Riordan told us that there are two generals of the Darkspawn throughout Denerim. And we have to go fight and kill them. And if we don't, then it's likely that the Archdemon will call them up when we approach him and ourselves. Yeah. So we could either go straight to the Archdemon or take out these generals and then go to the Archdemon and have his forces be a little bit weakened. Yeah. So we choose to do that, and we run around throughout all the districts. First, we're in the Market District. Then we end up in the Alienage. And then we end up in all these different places. So we go around doing all these things, fighting Darkspawn, and there's a cool mechanic involved. Yeah, so like when you go into the... The menu, well, is it different? Is it different? It looks exactly like the menu when you hit, uh, when you do like the spells and the potions and stuff. Yeah, but now, there's like an advanced menu, yeah. which we use for shape shifting back in the fade. Yeah, and uh, in this menu, uh, you get command of all these different kinds of armies. So you have like twelve mages, uh-huh. like what fifty dwarves, fifty elves, and yeah. fifty redcliffe. Like not fifty men, fifty redcliffe. Yeah, and um, what's cool about this is that your forces actually change based on your decisions throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So if you sided with the werewolves and didn't break the curse, instead of elves helping you, helping you out, you would have werewolves. That would be so cool. Yeah. But how many werewolves would be there? I don't know. It'd probably be like, what? Maybe less. 20, 30? And then uh, if you side with the Templars and not the mages, then you end up with Templars instead of mages helping you out. Mm. And so it's kind of a reflection of all the things that you've done over yeah. the course of the game, which is really cool. And, oh, also, if you keep the anvil of the void you also get golems that can help you as well oh. yeah so it's kind of like a reflection of your decisions which is very cool um so we run throughout denerim solving crimes <laughs> not crimes <laughs> i guess killing people is a crime but we kill people dark spawn so a great warden has to deal with a killing blow does that count if it's like a gunshot i guess so i mean arrows count those are basically like Ooh. 
Oh! <gasps> we can never go back. It's not like we can swim. <laughs> well, that was unnecessary. I was leaving anyway. What was that for? Just to be a dick. So unnecessary. Just to be a fucking dick. Look at that. That was a good bridge. That was a good. Now they're gonna have to rebuild the bridge. And you know where the tax dollars go. Mm -hmm. Not my tax dollars. Not I'm my... dying. While Brandon's uh discussing about whether or not we could use <laughs> a handgun to just shoot the damn thing. You know, it's a fair question because. Let's say you kill the archdemon with a sword, right? Mm -hmm. It's not literally you killing it. It's just you are, like, willing the weapon to do this thing. You are using the weapon as a medium for killing. Yes. So how is shooting something any different? Is it because you're not touching the bullet? Like, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make sense. Could you use bow and arrow? Like, why can't they, you just shoot it with specific. a gun? They weren't specific. They weren't specific. No, you just have to deal the killing blow. And mm -hmm. I guess somehow the soul in the archdemon just knows who to go to. Yeah. <laughs> um, you just run away as if you shot him. Be like, oop, you can't catch me. And the soul is just chasing you around. Yeah. <laughs> you just turn to bees and go as fast as you want. <laughs> um, but as we're having this conversation, the archdemon flies overhead and then burns and destroys the bridge behind us so we can't return to the market district. Which is just so unnecessary because we were leaving anyway. Mm -hmm. And he just like rains fire on us and flies away. Like he clearly wasn't aiming at us because he just left like a bitch. Yeah. And it's just, he, all he did was destroy the market district for no reason. It's, it's going to cause so much havoc when this is all over, Brandon. Because this is his plan. This is his endgame. He's going <laughs> to crumple. If you're going to kill me, we're going to crumple your town. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know whose taxpayer dollars aren't going to it? Stevan. Because he's dead. Well, if he does. If, if he does die. Mm -hmm. Technically, Riordan could succeed. Yeah. Um, but now it's just more problems for Denrin to deal with, as if they don't have any more already. But this being said, we, we're not going to fix the bridge now. So we're just going to move on and continue killing. Shing. Now, during the final battle. I mean, it makes the most sense. I'm not just walking to get groceries. <laughs> That's not what happens. When you go get groceries, you it get... is in this game. Every time you try to go to like this tavern, you get attacked. All right, let's see. Hopefully, it's an easy battle. Oh, what? I'm Ogryn. In this sequence, uh, it's presented as like a random encounter throughout Denerim. Yeah. But when we enter this encounter, we're actually Ogryn back at the gates and it turns out that you actually get to play as all of your companions that are back except protecting Sten. the gate yeah except sten <laughs> because as we've said he's done nothing he's done nothing and he's still doing nothing sadly because our party um we said we wanted ogren in charge and that actually determines like who your party is so we have ogren um who else is left leliana leliana shale and savage <laughs> And Sten is just, like, he's around, but he's not actually in the party, so he's been kind of downgraded for this mm -hmm. moment. Part of me kind of wishes that um, if I were, if I could go back in time, yeah, I would like to have picked Leliana to come with us. Aw, instead of Zevran? Instead of Zevran. I mean, I know Zevran is a little bit more powerful. Yeah, like damage output. Damage, wise. but I felt like Leliana would have felt better. It like more emotional More emotional be because we have... Alistair, we have Leliana, and we have Wynn, who is our Morrigan stand-in. And <laughs> yes. um, it would have been cool. Like, imagine just, like, the sidekicks that were, like, later on in the game all together. Right. And Salvage. Like, could we put Salvage in charge? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, we uh, we should have, like, looked into the options. Honestly, I probably would have done, like, if 
I probably would have put Zevran in charge. If he had been sent back. If he had been sent back. Yeah, because Devon trusts Zevran. And Zevran has had so many performances of his ambush. <laughs> With the Antiva So Crows. many successful. That's true. His accolades speak for themselves. And then you know who could have showed up during that? You'd be like, oh, I have just the person. Chase? <laughs> Chase would have showed up. <laughs> and then the Scarecrow lady could have returned. Oh my god, it would have been such a reunion. Yeah. No, sadly, uh, well, not sadly, but Zevran's with us, and we do get to control Ogryn, which is fun. Yeah. And um, once we defeat all the people there, we've kind of secured the gates, and we're back to what we were doing before, which is going around Denerim and fighting as Devon. Back to our regularly scheduled battle. Battle. Back to our regularly scheduled battle. Battle. On Broadway. Well, yeah, Tatterim, <laughs> New York City. <laughs> Go to Tatterim, Tatterim to see the shows on Broadway. I hate oh, Broadway. I don't hate Broadway, but I hate Broadway. Broadway. Like that kind of Broadway. It's like the love. Ritz and the Glitz. Oh, I hate it. The Ritz and the Glitz and the Glamour of Broadway. Oh, shit. <laughs> So as we're singing our lovely travel song, <laughs> um, we get a cutscene of Riordan climbing up a tower, and the yes. archdemon is flying down. Yes, and about to, you know, like like swoop near him. Yeah, and he's on top of this tower, and then he jumps off the tower and lands on the archdemon and stabs into his back. So I, I guess this is supposed to be like the killing blow, right? That yeah. he was supposed to be doing. And uh, it ends up being a pretty badass cutscene of him and the dark, um, Archdemon, like, struggling in the air. Oh, here's Riordan. He's gonna die, isn't he? If he dies, then we die. This is gonna go well. That's not gonna go well. He's dying. This uh, is not fair. This is supposed to be the final blow. Oh, you know what would be cool? If he did that thing where, like, he stabs it, and as he falls, he, like, stabs it with it. You know what I mean? Oh, that'd be beautiful. That would have been so cool. That's not what's happening. Oh, he did it! Oh, yeah! That is gnarly. I love that. I don't know why. That's, like, one of my favorite things when, like, in, like, fantasy, like, stuff. Where they slide down. Where they, like, stab something, and as they fall, they, like, slide down it. That's fun. Like, even if it's into, like, a wall, and they're trying to, like, grab, grip it. Yeah. Or if it's, like, in a dragon and is, like, falling down. I don't know why. That's something that just, like, that's cool to me. I mean, it is cool. So Riordan slides through oh my God, the dragon it. like it's like Brandon's so happy. I love it. He had his like dagger or sword or whatever. He stabbed it into the archdemon and then they're flying around for a bit. And then he like can't hold on and he falls. And as he falls, the sword like scrapes all the way down the part, dragon's back. I like, love it. Part of me like it bothers me a little bit <laughs> because sometimes I whenever someone gets stabbed in a movie, yeah, like a TV show or a thing, I feel like I like I got stabbed. <laughs> um, so when he was sliding through, I'm imagining someone just going like, like that. Down your back. Just going down my back. And it, exactly. That's my thought. I'm so <laughs> empathetic that I'm em like, I feel bad for the damn demon that's about to get killed. <laughs> I, I just love like, I think it's such a badass visual. I think it's a badass visual if you're like, you're like a pirate and you're going down a sail. <laughs> And that's cool. But not when it's like a living thing. When it's a living being, I'd be like, oh my God. Like, one, I feel like it's kind of, it, it wouldn't work. 
You think you don't think why? I feel like wouldn't you get stuck on something eventually? I mean, you probably did. Like, like he went down. The, like okay, so he's had his sword stuck yeah. in the back, and like I guess so long as it's like skin, like punctured, but yeah. until he reaches like one of the I don't know bones. Bones. Or, like, I feel like that's where you particularly get hard scales. Yeah. Like I don't really know the anatomy of a dragon, mm-hmm. but then maybe that's when he fell. Yeah. Just from like the momentum of him like uh, falling down with gravity. And, and then just like, the sword got- stops and he just has to let go. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's probably how it fell. <laughs> um, um, but yes, he falls all the way down to the ground and seems to have died. So it's either going to be either Alistair or Stevan who and has to take the final blow. Stevan already said he would. Yeah, so. And Stevan sees Riordan falling from the sky and he's like, oh shit. Oh god. Now it's yeah. up to me. And uh, the archdemon falls onto the top of Fort Draken. Mm-hmm. Which if you remember... Is a place where Stefan and Alistair were held prisoner and Morgan and Zevran had to save them. Yeah. And so we make our way to Fort Draken and have to make our way to the rooftop. And on our way, we fight within the fort and whatnot. And we eventually make it to a room with a bunch of dead darkspawn bodies that are already killed on the floor. Whoa. This is some, that's a lot of bodies. These dead darkspawn? They are. They are. <gasps> Sandal! Enchantment? We walk into a room of just all these dead bodies, and then yes. lo and behold, there is Sandal. Yes. His cute little self. Just oh my God. bloody. Bloody. He's bloody. But he's just standing there like there's nothing wrong. He's just standing there and waits for us to approach him, and he goes, Enchantment? And it's like, <laughs> why are you here? It's like, a, what secrets have you been hiding? What is happening? You're surrounded by dark smoke corpses. What happened here? Enchantment. <laughs> what? I'm so confused. What is he doing? Enchantment. Do you have any of your dad's wares for sale? What? I am so con- well, 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 now we can buy a bunch of stuff. Why did I feel like this was going to happen? What's he doing? You even asked where he was. I'm so confused. All right, just walk past him. Hey, good job. Thanks, Sandal. You wanna come with us? That is that's such a weird place <laughs> Like I guess, you know, it's pre it's placed there just like to prepare for the final battle. But yeah. like I want some explanation on why Sandal is randomly here. And like apparently killed a bunch of Dark Swan? Or at least like stepped in the like at the very least, he got here. But he had to have killed Darkspawn just to get here. Yeah. And why would he be waiting here for us? He's just standing there. He's like, look at what I did. We're pretty much given no option but to just walk right past Sandal. Because there's no, like, way to resolve what's happened. And he won't tell us. And it's just like, I guess we continue onward. Yeah, yeah but I mean, what else could we do? He won't. He doesn't say except. Like, he only says one word. <laughs> And he just he's not going to explain how he did all yeah. of this. His, well, he does say enchantment when we ask him how he did it. Oh. So maybe he used some, like, enchanted weapon or maybe he has, like, super strong weapons. Because you don't know. He, he has a lot to sell. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he just whipped out a sword and was like, ah! And it has, it has like... But where's his father? That's true. Where is his dad? Where is Bowden? Oh, is he just, like, worried about him? Like, oh my god, where's Sandal? <laughs> In the middle of this blight. Is Bowden like back at, uh, well, were they left in Denarim? Last we saw them, it was at Redcliffe. Okay. So maybe they came to Denarim with like all their supplies and they were supposed to be like waiting outside the battle. 
And Sandal just like ran on in and he was like, I'm going to help. Oh my, unless they didn't come at all. Well, they didn't, weren't supposed to um, come and Sandal came all the way to Denerim on his own. Yeah. He left with the army without his, without telling his father. Oh my God. That could be it too. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be, that's so like, oh, I hope that's it. You hope, hope that's it? I hope that's it because it shows like how much he cares about us. Yeah. And he's just like, be like, that's true. Sandal, you can't go out there. You can't defend yourself. <laughs> and then like, he and just, says, enchantment, enchantment. And then like, once the army's gone, like Bowden like goes like, Sandal, Sandal. And <laughs> he's like, Sandal, where'd you go? Sandal. Oh, no. And he can't call him on the phone or no. anything. He's like, he lost his son, but it's okay. Sandal's okay. At least we know that. Mm-hmm. And I hope he finds his way home. Um, I hope so too. I mean, I mean, people know who he is. Yeah, like I'm sure after the battle, Wind's gonna come back down. She's gonna be like, "Oh, Sandal, <laughs> let's come bring you back to your father." She's been chopping. Um, <laughs> but we continue onward, and we eventually make our way to the rooftop where the archdemon fell and is currently battling a bunch of guards who are not faring super well against it. Oh. Oh, I thought he fell. Oh. Was that him? I don't know if I thought it looked like him. You guys can't kill it. There's no point. I think I heard him. Oh. Oh, here we go. Y'all ready for this? We have armies. Who do we call? Um, the, the Red Cliff. Red Cliff? Here we go, everybody. Thus begins the final boss of Dragon Age Origins. Which is the Archdemon, the dragon that is yes. evil. Yes, it's big and fighting, and we're accompanied by a bunch of guards as well, so we can still call in our armies. And it's like all these people coming together to fight this demon. And throughout the battle, he does that thing where, like, he flies out of the area oh my God. and calls in his underlings. My pet peeve of all video games. When a boss, like, deal with my minions. <laughs> it's like, no, come on, let me just kill you. Please. And he just flies to the side and watches and, yeah. like, growls and roars and whatever. And then finally comes back. He's like, okay, I'm back. It's my turn again. <laughs> And thus, we have to kill him, and it takes a, a, a bit of a struggle. You know why this dragon's beating the shit out, out of us? Why? Because it knows the steps. As do many and most dragons. Oh, I thought you were about to do a slow motion stab. Oh, you thought it was like all ending? Yeah. Someone's on his head. It's Zevrin. No, I'm supposed to do the last move, Zevrin. You're gonna ruin it for everyone, Zevrin. We finally managed to defeat the Archdemon, and the person to give, not technically the final blow, but the final blow of its health in the video game, is Zevrin, which is very worrying. He is ruining it for everyone. <laughs> I'm supposed to be killing it, not anybody else. Yeah. Everyone back the fuck off. Because then the Archdemon's soul is going to go into the wrong thing, and it's going to be a whole problem. But Zevrin- Like, like what happens? Where does it go if-, it, if- I assume it goes into that person and they become the next Archdemon or something. Uh, so is it like, does it get passed on? That's what it seems. Because they said it like goes to the next living, like... So... Or maybe it goes to another Darkspawn. That's I don't what know. I, like, if it goes to another Darkspawn, I guess that's... That, yeah, I don't, that makes more sense. I don't remember. Because if it goes into another person, what is the fucking difference of having the baby then? It's just pure. It's, it's, it's a fetus. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> but uh, thankfully, this isn't actually killing the Archdemon, even though he jumps on the Archdemon's head and stabs it all dramatically. And we're just on the floor watching like, no, Zevran, don't do this. No, stop, Zevran. <laughs> but thankfully, the game actually lets us do the blow. But uh, first, we're stopped by Alistair. Did I do it? Do we have to kill everyone else, too? Okay, we're good. We did it! Yay! I know you said to Riordan that you would take the final blow, but let me. This is my duty. No. 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 This is my duty as much as yours. We're both Grey Wardens. Yeah. But I got one up on you. I'm not just a Grey Warden. I'm the king. And I want to be a good king. And this right here is the best king I could be. My first and last act being to stop the blight before it really starts. No one could blame me for that, could they? I think you would be a good king, Alistair. Really? Because I think I would be a piss-poor king. I don't know the first thing about it. Not to mention that you're the best friend I could ever have asked. Oh, Alistair. I would be dead if you hadn't saved my life a dozen times over by now. So let me save yours just this once. I'm gonna cry! No! You need to become king, Alistair, and you're going to. Alistair has stepped up and basically said, I want to be the one to kill the archdemon. And we already agreed a long time ago that he's not going to do it. He <laughs> yeah. is king now. He, no, because he's, I feel that one of the options, though, yeah. in like, uh, when we were talking about this, mm -hmm. was like, oh, you're being like lazy or you're trying to get away from your duties. Yeah. Um, which I feel like part of it, that's what it is. He's too scared really? to become king. I think and, that's fair. Yeah, he's really scared to become king, and mm -hmm. he doesn't want to ruin Ferelden. He probably has very low self-esteem. He does. Maybe he thinks that he wouldn't be a good king, and yeah. so in order to be a good king, he would have to sacrifice himself, and that would be, like, the best thing he could do for them is to just, like, end the blight and let that be it. Yeah. But that's so sad, and I think he has the potential to be a great king. I, me too. And Stevan, you know, we've mentioned this in the past. Stevan's character has kind of reached... It's natural conclusion. Yeah. Right? Because he lost his family and he was able to avenge them and restore, like, their title. Yeah. By getting rid of Alhau and ending that, like, regime of Loghain's. He was able to avenge the death of the Grey Wardens mm -hmm. by helping rebuild these armies to fight the Blight and to be part of the Grey Wardens and, you know, get Loghain out of power, restore yeah. the king's family lineage. And I feel like once he killed Arhau and once he gathered everyone for the Blight, he kind of fulfilled, like... His his purpose. His purpose. It's kind of dark to be like, his whole purpose for living. But, like, he's tied to the loose ends. Yeah. And what's perfect is that, you know, after Arhau killed his family and basically made his family completely, like, traitors or, like, denounced his family name. Yeah. Now that he's going to die... Right. ...and end this Blight... Right. The Kuzlin name is going to be known as heroes. Yes. From now, it's for forever. Right. And that's, it's beautiful. It's poignant. Yeah. He has restored not only his family name, but added a legacy. Yes. And also, if you'll remember when we were in the Fade and his nightmare was that they had won at Ostagar and we thought like, oh, what if he feels like without battle, he's like pointless? Like what if he feels like he's only needed oh, wow, in times yeah. like this? And I feel like this is almost not a happy version, but it's like a more fulfilling version of that. Yeah. Where 
he's ending the battle on his own terms. Mm -hmm. Like in that circumstance, things are sort of all happy, but he didn't get to do the things that he wanted to. He didn't get to restore his family, restore the king. He didn't get to like do all these things they set out to do. And now he's finally ending the conflict, but having done all of like the personal heavy work in the process, not just like accepting a win for what it was. And so now he's been able to finish like his personal business and get all that squared off. And now he's finally ready to like end it all kind of. Yeah. And so his decision to sacrifice himself is not only because he feels like it's the right thing to do, but I think also he feels fulfilled in the life he's led. Mm. And it kind of ties back also to um, conversations he's had with Wynne. If you remember, we've had some pretty deep conversations with her about death and yeah. how do you come to terms with it. And those were always from the like the mindset of looking at Wynne's situation. situation. Um, but you can tie it back to this, mm-hmm. right? Because Stevan is coming terms to terms with his own death and he's making the decision to do so. And Wynne told him that people who are afraid to die are afraid of having not done enough mm-hmm. and having not been able to do this or been able to do that. And I feel like based on the struggles Stevan's been through, he now is content with all that he's done for the world. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So even though it's sad that it's coming to this, it yeah. is... It's it's a It's a good end to his arc. It is. I feel like it's definitely like... It's sort of the natural conclusion. Yeah. You know, after everything we've grown to see about Stevan specifically and the mm-hmm. decisions we made as him, yeah. I think it makes sense. I mean, he's fulfilled. He's he's mm-hmm. saved the world. Yeah. He found love. Yeah. He's out to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and what's sad is that he did kind of have these plans, right? Yeah. For afterwards. Like he wanted to, to explore the world with Liliana. And be with Zevrin yeah. and be able to aid Alistair. Mm-hmm. But I think that all those people are still, like, capable enough to be able to lead a life without him. Yeah. And um, it shows his trust in his friends to be able to say, like, no, they'll be good without me, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, Especially in Alistair's sake, because he has this, like, huge undertaking as being king. Yeah. And even at his most vulnerable, where he says, like, no, I want to be the one to do it. Mm -hmm. Stevan's still willing to, like, put his own life ahead of Alistair's. Yeah. Both as a friend, but also because of, like, all that he can still do for the world. Yeah. Whereas maybe Stevan feels like he's done everything he can. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I, like, reconcile this decision. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't have anything else to add? I mean, I knew from the... From once Riordan said, one of us has to die. Yeah. I knew it was going to be us. Yeah. I knew from the get There's no way Riordan was going to succeed. (laughs) There was no way Riordan was going to... Because if Riordan was the one who was going to do it, I was like, oh, well, that's anticlimactic. You have to raise the stakes. Like, why make it so dramatic? Yeah. And there was no way in hell Mm -hmm. that I was going to let Alistair die. Yeah, of course. So I knew from that moment on when he said that, we were dying. Mm -hmm. And it was... It was hard to come to terms with it. Right. Because we just, we've been with Stevan all this time. Yeah. Um, and it's a secret to everyone but Alistair. And it's like a secret, everyone's yeah. saying their goodbyes. And like Liliana says, I'll be really cross with you if you don't come back. It's really. And oh. stuff like that. Like they don't know that Stevan's going in with this, with this, with a plan to mm, kill himself. Yeah. Not kill himself, but you know, like he plans to, to sacrifice, sacrifice himself. himself yeah. And the only people that know this are him and Alistair. Yeah. 
And that's so sad. And like, I kind of wish there was a scene of everyone realizing that. Like, Mm -hmm. um, in Lord of the Rings, there's a scene where we find out, you know, once the ring is destroyed, Mm -hmm. everyone, like, the villain dies because it's like a tower and starts falling down. Everyone's like, yay, Frodo! But then they realize, because then the volcano starts erupting like crazy. And it's like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. He might be dead. Yeah, like they don't realize the consequence. <laughs> the consequence of what might ha- what's happening. Yeah, like the, the our party doesn't know this consequence. Yeah. Um so like it'd be so sad like to see them cheering and yeah. like yeah, it's over. But right. then like oh, like realizing that they lost Devon in the yeah. process. Like I wish we could see that see their reaction. Yeah, but the fact that he dies due to a sacrifice just obviously it puts so much more to it. Yeah. And the fact that he goes in and like the previous night, he, this is the last time he's like putting his head on his pillow. Oh you know? my god, I had that in my head the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's really it fucks me up internally <laughs> because like oh my god, like and he knows that he knows that he's this, the last time he's gonna live, like sleep. Last sleep. time he's gonna see his friends. Yeah, and he goes through all this, giving it his all, knowing that he intends on sacrificing himself, mm-hmm. and it's just like incredibly heroic yeah it's impossible to know what you would really do in that situation exactly but um this is the point where stevan can grab a sword and end it that was heartfelt i felt that when he called us the best friend he could ask for here we go guys we're dying even though zevran already did this freaking animation oh did you see that slide that's a Oh, shit. Stevan picks up his sword, Mm -hmm. walks up to the head of the archdemon, and stabs right through it. Yeah, Um, and it's so dramatic, like the music. Well, yeah. And even his face. Yeah, he's just like, he's prepared. He gives such an intense facial expression. Yeah, and once he stabs it, like this light, which Mm -hmm. like omits from the heavens, which kind of bothers me a bit. Because I've, I've had enough with this sky beam thing. Yeah, there's so many pieces of media where, like, you kill the thing or you destroy an artifact. And then just a beam of light rises into the clouds and yeah. everyone looks at it. It's like, ah! Yeah. Oh, so that happens here, which is kind of cliche. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah. It's like, it's like a visual thing so that the other characters know what's going on. Yeah. But if anything, like, the light should be going into Stevan, not into the sky. I mean, I'm guessing it is like a heavenly little like light. It's just the maker. The maker going like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you your last rites before you die. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> Stevan does all this and there's the column of light and the people who are battling kind of look up to the tower where they see this happening. And there's eventually just an explosion. Yeah. So like the explosion, how it looks, it's very <laughs> reminiscent of the Death Star explosion. When <laughs> the Death Star explodes, there's like a like a little freaking like disc of light that just goes whoosh. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. It's like, why did this happen? Is everyone <laughs> else okay? There were like all these guards and Wynn and Alistair and Zevran all up there, but there's just an explosion yeah. which comes out of nowhere, which I guess it's like the soul goes into Stevan and then Stevan just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I guess, ends the cycle. Oh my god. This is so sad. I don't want Stevan to die. I've got so attached to him. Oh. We knew this was gonna happen. Oh, Alistair and Wynn. I don't know where Zevran is. Zevran is just, he doesn't want to see this happen. Oh my goodness. 
We're dead. We did it, though. We did it. We did it. <sighs> on our first try. I know. We haven't done, like, any of these on the first try. That's crazy. Oh, look, we earned a trophy, the ultimate sacrifice. And it's gold. We're dead. We are dead. We're gone. Stevan has given up all he can to end the blight. And so where does that leave us, Manny? We're, we're just kind of in the blackness. We're, well, we get to see what happens after we're dead. Yes, um, we do. We have a lovely little Most people epilogue. don't get that option. No, no, we don't. <laughs> oh, we don't know. It could be like when we die. It could be like, and this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but no, yeah, so there's like an epilogue uh, with a narration. Yes. Of what happens after, which I also think is Aliman. He's just like he took charge after Duncan died. Yeah, he's just like I'll do all the narration. My voice is deep enough for this. <laughs> and we see a coronation for Alistair and Queen Honora, even though she's already queen, but she gets it again. Yeah. And one of the best parts of it is they're walking up. It's kind of like down the aisle. It's like a marriage as well. It's like a slight marriage and coronation. Yeah, and Alistair is all up in his kingly garb and like armor, and she is all in her queenly skin-tight clothing. Mm. And they're just walking up the steps, and Alistair goes to hold her hand, and she like pulls away. Oh. <laughs> so they're not in love, clearly, but but this is a happy day, a coronation. And then it was over. Oh, my God. I'm so invested. With the archdemon dead, Darkspawn's ward quickly crumbled. Most fled back into the deep road. <laughs> they would remain a threat in the years to come. But the blight had been cute. ended before it had truly begun. Oh my god. Look at our baby. His wife doesn't love him, but it's okay. It's okay, he's king. Mereldon had been saved, and the entire kingdom rose up. He doesn't think he's going to be a good king. I feel bad. His self-esteem is so shit. We saved the day. This is right where we killed him. Gray stood redeemed, and a new age had begun. But at what cost? It's <laughs> already happening. But at what cost? We see this coronation, and it's very beautiful. And for us, the cutscene ends. However, if you survive the blight mm -hmm. by doing the dark ritual or some other ending, you'll have a post-coronation scene Oh, where you actually get to play and walk around in the coronation and talk to all your friends oh. after the battle and be able to catch up with them. And there's a speech that whoever the king or queen is, so in our case, it would have been Alistair, he will kind of offer something to the hero and you get to choose to ask something of him as like king mm -hmm. so you can like ask for a title or you can say like i want you to be chancellor or i want i demand that our house family pay for this or like you can oh damn you can kind of ask for certain things from him and that'll affect the epilogue and also like things in the future but in our case we're dead we're clearly not around to do that in our case, we see a another cutscene start. Mm -hmm. uh, we are at Redcliffe Village. And Is it in Redcliffe? It looks like Redcliffe to me. Oh, I guess I assumed it was in Denarim. Oh no, it looked like Redcliffe to me. Oh, okay. Um, and our body is there on an altar mm -hmm. with Alistair behind the altar, about to say a speech. Oh, there's a funeral. That's so sad. There's the king. 
and the Queen. Savage. My friends, we are gathered here to pay our respects to the great man. warden that saved us all. Agreed. He gave his life to destroy the Blight, a sacrifice we must never forget. It was no accident that he was there either. He was special, and each of us has had our life touched by him in some way. Some of us were friends, companions. Some of us even loved him. Aww. He even put me on this throne, despite my protests. But there was no telling him no, right? The Grey Wardens couldn't have asked for anyone finer. How do you properly honor someone like that? The Grey Wardens are building a magnificent tomb at Weisopt, right next to Garahels. But I'd like to do something as well. Fergus Kuzland. What? Please step forward. He's not dead? We were very pleased to discover you were alive. Your brother thought you had died at Ostagar. I only wish I had recovered from my wounds sooner. Fergus, the Hyever lands are restored to you. In addition to the Amaranthine Arling that was Arl House. Your Majesty, I would like to give Amaranthine to the Grey Wardens. I think that would be fitting. Let all know that the Arling of Amaranthine, once the land of Arl Howe, is now granted to the Grey Wardens. There, they can rebuild and hopefully live up to this example. Mm. Friends, let us hope that he has gone he has such a kingly place. voice now. Yeah, he has so much of a better of a king voice. For what he has done here. Uh, during our funeral. It's so sad. It's really sad. We're in the middle of uh, Redcliffe It is Redcliffe. I can confirm now. Um, we're in front of like the Chantry. Is that their Chantry? Yeah, it looks like it. Um, Alistair's just saying wonderful things about us. And but it's so intimate. It's very that, that, intimate. The fact that it's happening in Redcliffe, yeah. it, it shows that it's like, this is for those who know. Stevan. I didn't even think about that. Like, it's not like being done in Denerim. No, it's where, not being done in front of the huge like, crowd. Yeah, because it, like I feel like this is just for Stevan and his friends and yeah. like the people who knew him. Yeah, and like to get his blessings from the Chantry yeah. and stuff, yeah. which is the religion he follows. Yeah. Especially also the fact that Alistair says he's touched all our lives. Yeah, way, and that makes it very yeah, not just because of his sacrifice, but yeah. because he's had relations. Yeah, like the people. Who are specifically invited for this intimate event mm -hmm. have been impacted by Stevan in yeah. some personal way besides just being the one to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a really nice setting for this. Yeah. It's not just like, I mean, we just saw a coronation with a yeah. whole crowd of cheering people. Yeah. And it's not done there. It's, it's a done. Good, it's good juxtaposition. Yes. Because we have like this giant adoring crowd. Like joyous. Joyous. But then we have this private, solemn thing like. Like an event of, of mourning. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still somewhat like bittersweet because even though we've lost Devon, look at all of the good. Like we're able to see another yeah. day and we have like the sun shining down. Mm -hmm. Alistair as king and everyone. And like he said, everyone here has been touched by what Stevan has done for everyone. Mm -hmm. Despite having lost him himself, he kind of gave yeah. himself up to do all these wonderful yeah. things. And regarding the funeral, I do have a few things to say. Oh, go right ahead. Um, <laughs> so... During the funeral, Fergus is alive, yep. right? And he walks up and he's awarded Amaranthine, which is Arl Howe's, like, area that he's in charge of. And um, despite it being awarded to the Kuzlin family, Fergus awards it to the Grey Wardens. Mm -hmm. And the thing that 
like Fergus's kind of like place in this funeral will be taken by a different character depending on what origin you have. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, if you're a Dalish elf, it would be the keeper of your original tribe. And they'll be given land to the north of the Kokari Wild to kind of call their own and stuff like that. Like, depending on your origin, Alistair will award something in your honor Mm -hmm. for, like, your demographic. And it turns out, regarding Fergus, in that post-coronation scene we spoke about, uh, you and I were surprised to see that he was alive. Yeah. If you were a human noble, he'll be at the post-coronation scene and you can talk to him. (gasps) Oh my god! So in this... Fergus never gets to meet you again. You're dead. Mm-hmm. Except instead of dying, obviously, with all the Arl Howe stuff, you died doing this noble cause. Mm-hmm. But you never get to see him. And if you survive, you do get to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad because we haven't seen him since the way beginning. And remember, his wife and child were murdered his too. His wife and child were That's true. His wife and child, his parents... His whole house. Mm-hmm. And Stefan was the only family left alive. And now he's gone too. Now. Without even getting to see him. So Fergus literally has no family anymore. Yeah. His brother just died yeah. for a noble cause. His parents, his wife, and young child yeah. were murdered by Ar- Arl Howe. That's true. I don't blame him for not wanting Amaranthine. Yeah. Like, who wants all this extra burden put upon him? Especially like- to have the home of the person who murdered your son. Yeah. That I feel like he would feel very dirty. Yeah. And very uh very uncomfortable. Right. There. So I don't blame him for saying like take it Grey Wardens you can make use of the land more yeah. than I can and I will continue being like take up the role of the turn. Yeah. of high ever. And so if you speak to him you can find out what actually happened to him in more detail. Mhm. And he'll tell you that he actually never made it to Ostagar. Oh. And that's why he survived. Because he was attacked by Darkspawn on the way. And when he awoke, he was being tended to by chastened people who are like nomad, like, mm-hmm, yeah. like native type people. And eventually, by the time he was well enough to be up and about and be able to make his own way back through the wilds to safety, at that point, we were already getting ready for the final mm-hmm. battle. And so he spent a lot of time like incapacitated. Yeah. But if it wasn't for that, he would have been lost at Ostagar. Yeah. And so that was actually like a serendipitous thing that happened to him that caused him to like still at least be alive. But he's lost everything. And it's just so sad. really... That this character we haven't seen in so long, that means so much to Stevan's character, is now in this place of like just so much loss. Yeah. After this, Manny, what do we get? We do get a couple of epilogues. Yes. And we find out what happened to each and every place and person. (laughs) <laughs> that uh we interacted with yeah it's like it's like these cards that appear on the screen with a picture and it's just text that we get to read and it tells you all the different things in the months that followed their wedding alistair and Anora fell into the routine of ruling ferelden Anora was a skilled governor adept at matters of court and more than willing to spend her time judging matters of law from the throne and alistair was quite happy to let her do so he traveled frequently, making personal appearances that delighted commoners to no end. See, so, see, Honora did, like, the, you know, ruling and the judging, and Alistair was, like, the people's person. Yeah, that's a good... That's fine. That's kind of what we expected, you yeah. know? And he was happy to let her do so, you know, it, it was a working relationship. Yeah. It, it worked. In this first slideshow, we see that Alistair and Honora are kind of what we expected them to be. Yeah. He is king, she is queen. 
And we see that they have like a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Where he's kind of the charm and she's the wit. So he's basically the figurehead. Yeah. And she's the real power. Yeah. It's like Bill Clinton. And Hillary Clinton. <laughs> where Hillary's really making oh all, the, uh, all the decisions. Exactly. And was just there to look pretty. Yes. But we kind of expected this. And I think that kind of plays to Alistair's strengths. Yeah. You know, like he is more of a... He's a very charming person and a people person. And mm-hmm. I think the people would love him as king. Yeah. Whereas Anora is more concerned with like actually ruling. Yeah. So I think it's a nice touch. Something that's cool to note is that there are all sorts of different ways this can end. Um, the hero could be chancellor and all that. Yeah. But what's kind of like most pertinent to our choices is that since we kept Alistair as unhardened, that's sort of the role he plays. But if he's hardened, he'll actually really get into the art of governance and like do his best to be really good king both in ruling and in charm and even if he's hardened he'll still rule with like humor and gracefully and will still be like the charming king but he's a little more willing to like go outside of his comfort zone and really rule Mm. which is pretty cool yeah um he's unhardened for us but i think it's still in a good place we're like Maybe he could have been an even better king. Yeah. But I still think... I think he's going to do well. Yeah, I, I still think this is like a good place for him. News that the urn of sacred ashes had been found in Ferelden did not spread outside the Chantry until Brother Genitivi made an announcement several months after the defeat of the Darkspawn. The manuscript detailing his research and his experience with Andraste's cult drew huge interest among scholars throughout Thedas. Yeah. Some years later... The Chantry announced that the resting place of Andraste's ashes had indeed been found. They were located, however, in ruins that were also the lair of a high dragon. Oh, we never did kill the high dragon. Yeah. (laughs) Thus proving too dangerous to approach. Many made demands to secure the ashes so that followers could undertake pilgrimages to partake of their healing powers. Following numerous failed attempts to deal with the dragon, the beast finally flew off to find another haven. Okay, so it left anyway. But leaving the mountaintop sanctum to ruins. An excavation found no traces of the urn. Oh, oh shit. So the dragon destroyed the urn or took it? Yeah. That sucks. The dragon is Andraste. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the cult was right. Yeah. These are my urns. Um, that sucks. That really sucks. So if we had actually gone back to kill the dragon, maybe it, it would it, maybe we would have Oh, well, you know, it deserves okay. to <laughs> Okay. Leave it on, like, unfound. Leave uh, it... Yeah. It, we didn't want it to be found anyway. Exactly. So, you know, well, this is fine. Nature took its course. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Right found a way. People began to doubt that the ashes had ever been found, while others claimed that a cult of Andraste's followers stole them from the temple. They could have. Mm-hmm. Still, others say that the maker himself removed the urn, deeming mankind unworthy of it. For now, what happened to the urn is simply unknown. Uh, we learn more about the urn we of do. sacred ashes and that it has been, you know, it's disappeared. It has it's disappeared. It's gone. So has the dragon. Yes. Uh, we never went back to kill the dragon. No. Who's kind of like a bonus boss. Mm-hmm. And um, as such, the dragon just flew off and destroyed the temple and excavations could never uncover the urn some questioned if it was ever there at all but we know the truth yeah and so if had you actually defeated the dragon people would have been able to successfully like make their pilgrimages and it would have been like 
such like a beautiful um Andrastian chantry like discovery i guess yeah. you could say like it would have become such a beautiful part of their religion but no and, but but and it would have put haven on the map it would have <laughs> they lost that opportunity yeah now haven's the dump that it's always been <laughs> So, poor Brother Genitivi and all the cultists, honestly. <laughs> um, however, Ooh. so if you might remember, um, during this quest, you could have made a deal with Colgrim, who was the cult leader. Mm-hmm. And had you made the deal, he would have asked you to take the dragon blood and put it in the urn and defile it. So, had you done this... Oh, please tell me what happened, because <laughs> I'm so curious about this. So, um, had you done this, and regardless of whether the dragon was dead or not, the Chantry would have tried to come and find the ashes, but the ashes would have been gone. And so it's kind of implied that the cultists would have taken it for their own. And they would have questioned that Genitivi's research was ever real. And Genitivi will have killed himself. Oh, no! Yes. So thankfully we didn't get this ending. But had you defiled the ashes, not only would the cultists have run off with them, but... Genitivi would have been so stricken with grief over his research being that he defiled. Would just commit suicide? That he would kill himself over it. That's so sad. And it's very sad. <laughs> Following months of the effort, the Tower of the Circle of Magi was finally cleansed of the last spirits to slip through the veil. Yay. No further abominations were created, and the first enchanter, Irving, was pleased to declare the circle safe. And that could be saved. That could be saved. All that could be saved. All that could be saved had been. Good. So that's all happy. So it looks like the circle's doing fine, too. It is. I'm really happy with how it ended. Not only were they able to rebuild, but they also had Dagna there. Yeah. And I just think it's so special to know that the circle's just, it's doing a great job. Honestly, like I have no qualms. I almost don't even have anything to say. I'm just really happy to know that like, the abominations are gone, and, you know, all's all's well. I don't yeah. think they mentioned Dagna here. No, they don't mention Dagna. Maybe we'll hear about her soon. Maybe in her spinoff. Yes. <laughs> Maybe in Dagna's circle. With the slavers shut down the alienage, the lot of city-born elves improved for a time. The new king, Alistair, <laughs> even named the local elder to his personal court. A scandal among humans, but a sign of new hope to the elves. That's nice. That's really nice. Shiani continued to be an outspoken member of the alienage community, and in time became the new elder. Ooh, she's kind of young to be an elder. (laughs) That outspokenness earned her frequent trouble, but served her people well. There's not much to say here, but it is nice to know that Alistair is trying to give more of a voice to the city elves. Yeah, and, you know, at least Serato's death was not in vain. Yes, that's true. We we truly ended the unrest and the alienage. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> as king, it's nice to know he he named the no, lo, ooh, he named the local elder. That's hard to say. Yeah. He named the local elder to his personal court, and it just shows that like elves are finally being treated as just as much a citizen of Denrim and of Ferelden as all the humans, which is fantastic because I've had enough of this racism this yeah. classism as well yeah. making elves the the maids or the butlers or the the mistresses yeah and, like stuff like that it, it bothers me so much yeah and even if that doesn't change overnight at least if they're it, able to have a voice and yeah. a representative this is a good step to a, a bigger movement it absolutely is and something that's 
somewhat upsetting is that um, if Alistair's not king, so this isn't something we got, the city-born elves will have gotten better with the slavers shut down, but there would have been a food shortage years later. No. Forcing Anora to come down hard on rioters. Oh. And it would just raise tensions between elves and humans. And so if Alistair weren't king, he wouldn't be there to, like, have more of a compassionate hand. And I think it doesn't just show for the elves specifically in that possible circumstance, but I think in general it shows that Alistair is able to balance Anora's more, like, harsh um, ideologies uh-huh. with more compassion. And I think that shows, like, even if Alistair's king with Anora, that's willing, that's able to override more of the unwillingness to be compassionate and even allow an elf to be on his personal court whereas if anora was alone without alistair suddenly elves aren't given this respect yeah so i think it really shows that we made the right decision yeah in that he's bringing compassion to the role not only when it involves the elves but just like in general with his ruling arl eamon remained in denerim for some time acting as the chancellor and chief advisor to king alistair Tegan ruled over Redcliffe in his steed and was steed? Is it stead? It's stead? Yes. I thought it was steed. No, steed is like a horse. Oh, yeah. Uh, was surprised to find himself well-loved by the villagers who were still grateful for the nights he spent defending their lives. In time, even abdicated in favor of his brother, an event the locals greeted with approval and enthusiasm. Redcliffe seems to be doing okay as well. Yeah, I love it. You know, I'm a big fan of Bontegan. So Uh to hear that he's taking up the position of Arl and doing an excellent job Mm -hmm. really warms my heart. That's really good. That's really awesome. Yeah. um, What's interesting is that I'm looking at some of the other ways that Redcliffe (laughs) can resolve. Mm -hmm. And there's so many options. Because as we know, Redcliffe was a central point for much of the beginning of the game. And there were a lot of decisions that impact it, whether it be stuff revolving around the urn and Connor and all the different side quests. And so some of the most interesting ones are that Connor, if he's alive and you made a deal with the demon, Mm -hmm. because if you remember, if you go on the fade, you can make a deal that the demon can take Connor in exchange for power for you. So that's like a really evil thing to do. And if you do that, then Eamon sends Connor to the Circle of Magi for training and he will grow ill, strangely, and the trip to the circle will be delayed. But then one day he'll disappear entirely. No. And after a frantic search, he will be given up for as lost, and his disappearance will be a mystery forever. So we didn't do that. Oh, thank Jesus. Um, however, uh, it says here, and we didn't get this, but because we didn't make a deal with the demon, but it says here, it'll say that Connor went to the circle to study, he'll pass his harrowing and become a full mage, and then he'll accept a position in Tevinter to undertake the formal study of the Fade. Oh. So that's nice. That's like, a- he'll become a scholar, yeah. and he'll really, like, grow from this. There's a really sad way it can end. Okay. If Connor is dead, then Lady Isolde and Eamon will have another child, and it'll be a girl, and... Her name's Connera. <laughs> <laughs> no! The birth will be difficult, and Isolde will die from it. <gasps> She'll die in Eamon's arms. So Connor will have died, and Isolde will have died, and he'll name the child Rowan after his own sister... And she'll also begin to show signs of being a mage. Oh, my God. But he'll make the right choice and send her to the circle. And he'll visit her always and love her no less. Oh, that's beautiful. Sad, but beautiful. It's sad, but at least he'll have learned his lesson. Yeah. About being so, like... 
Although he he would have been more likely to send her to the circle. Yeah. It was a soul that didn't want to send her. Does it, it sounds like a very him. it sounds like a very like a a metaphor for homosexuality. Being a mage. I mean, because he's like at first he was very uh very not like because the way he was never like the other kids <laughs> like the other kids because no, like the way they make it sound in there is like oh he sends her to the maze to, to you know become a major yeah. full thing and he'll love her no less yeah i feel that's like what makes you know it's funny what? i know a lot of people when they talk about their experience being gay sometimes they're like when i was young i always knew i was different but I never had that. Oh, neither did I. It's not like I growing up and I'm like, I'm different than all these no, people. No, the only time that like that I realized that I was slightly different was when I was in middle school and I enjoyed going to the boys' locker room. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, puberty does a number on you. but It does. Anyway, uh, Connor always knew he was different. And so did this girl, Rowan, if she were to be born. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you remember Bevan? Okay, Bevan. Yes, little yes. boy with a sword. If you don't remember, Bevan was in the cupboard of Redcliffe in his house, and his sister was Caitlin, and he was hiding from the dark spawn. And we borrowed his father's sword and gave him like the lowest amount of money possible <laughs> yeah. for it. So, if you actually promise to return the sword and do return the sword, if you actually go back and return it, Bevan will grow up to be a famous adventurer. Oh, and one of his stories. Um, is about how when he was young, he met the hero of Ferelden, who s- used his blade to save Redcliffe and then passed it on to him. So that's cute. That's that doesn't cute. happen. Yeah. Um, also, if you pay them the highest amount possible for the sword, mm-hmm. then you'll find out that Caitlin made it to Denerim safely and used the small fortune to open a foundry while the city was rebuilt. Oh. And she'll turn into a wealthy and respected woman. By chance, she'll have met Tegan at court, and they will marry. <gasps> That's so cute! So our own greed kept this happy ending from happening. I'm sorry, Because Brandon. we meant to give them the highest amount of silver, and then at the last minute, somehow, somehow, we, we changed one, one of us changed not, our mind. Not naming names. But one of us changed our mind and gave them the lowest amount possible, and that kept this very happy ending for Tegan and Caitlin to happen. The Dalish elves prospered after the siege at Denerim, having earned much respect for their part in the battle. For once, human lands welcomed the wandering folk. That's nice, too. Well, you know, we had a really nice time. The new keeper, Lainana, Laneya, was respected both amongst the Dalish as well as in the Ferelden court. She was a voice of reason, and other Dalish clans would turn to her to help resolve disputes with human folk. That's nice. That's nice. In time, many of the Dalish clans moved to the new land provided for them in the south near Ostagar. Wary of their human neighbors, however, tensions soon rose, oh. and only Keeper Lanaya's leadership kept peace alive. Okay, so... All right, so she kept peace. That's good. Okay, that's good. In our case, the Dalish were awarded a location near the Kokari Wilds, mm-hmm. just like Alistair would have done. Yeah. So he really is showing compassion, not only for the elves in Denerim, but in all of Ferelden. Yes. And I think that's really nice that yeah. he's kind of giving yeah. to the underrepresented. And there's a little bit of a, a little bit of an issue. Yeah. I mean, it's not all perfect. Yeah. Like Lanaya is keeping the peace. Yeah. Because there's kind of, not uproar, but there's like, there's animosity. That's the yeah. word. There's animosity between them and the people of the area. But, um, 
we you know we just love lanaya and she's doing an amazing job and yeah. i'm super proud of her <laughs> so that's good there are some other ways things could have ended like oh, okay. if the werewolves were still around mm-hmm. then um they would have <laughs> killed well, everyone it, well in order for the werewolves to be still around you would have had to like allowed them to kill the elves and so they would be like living in the remains of the camp <laughs> What? But they would have gotten recognition of bravery for helping in Denerim. Oh my god. So that's good. And the Lady of the Forest would still be around too. You mean Sandra Bullock? Yeah, Sandra Bullock. And eventually the curse would spread, unfortunately. Damn. Um, And it says here that uh, the Ferelden army would actually be called in to deal with the werewolves spreading. <laughs> and many of them would die. But uh, even though like they would be fighting and winning against the werewolves. The Lady of the Forest would never have been found. And some of the werewolves with her. So Damn. it's not really a happy ending there. Yeah. If Zathrian was still the keeper, he would um, realize kind of that he's a little too old for this world. So he would just <laughs> die on his own accord? Because he would kind of realize that the world is changing and he can't keep up with it. And he's constantly arguing with the court and all mm. that. So... He will have left of his own volition, volition and not be found again. That's kind of people's, like, go-to. Yeah. I feel like in a lot of these, it's like, they left and were never found again. It's like, where do they go? <laughs> yeah, like, everyone's just leaving and are never found again. But uh, that's that's that for you. Thankfully, I feel like we got the best of those options. Yeah. Where Lanai is doing just her best job to keep peace, mm-hmm. even when warring ideologies conflict. Yeah. Oh, let's uh, right here. Okay, <laughs> the news I wanted in Orzammar, the shit-ass place of the freaking kingdom. King Harmon found himself in a protracted battle against Balin's rebellion that left him unable to gain stability he needed. Oh no! The clan lords objected to many of his measures in the assembly, and only his efforts to increase the dwarves' isolation from the surface met with any success. Continue. Great. This so game. he fought to increase dwarven isolation. In time, Harmon's health began to fail. No! <laughs> Some claimed it was poison, while others said it was a f- flagging spirit. Either, flagging? Is it flagging or flagging? There's two flagging. G's, I think it's flagging. Flagging spirit. Either way, after a protracted illness, the king finally passed away. Oh my god! The wrangling in the assembly for his successor began almost immediately. <laughs> he had to do this anyway! All, they had to do this all over again! We don't. We don't. We're they dead. do. We're dead. Too bad Branca's not here to help them. Hello, I've survived. <laughs> I'll be your king. I'm your queen. <laughs> Continue. Is it done? Uh, the uh, dwarven mage <gasps> Dagna ultimately completed her studies and the rebuilt circle tower on the surface. Eventually, she published a comprehensive theory of how lyrium vapors relate to the supply of magic. It gained a great deal of attention. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's my girl. This inspired mages from other parts of Thetis to establish a new circle of magi in Orzammar itself, one that had ready access to Dwarven Lyrium and lies outside the Chantry's power completely. The wingless of Orzammar to harbor apostates sparked outrage that began whispers that the Divine was contemplating a new exalted march. That's good slash bad. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, oh, now we have a, a new circle of magi with no influence from the Chantry, and the Chantry does not like that. See, that one random guy wanted a Chantry in Orzammar. Yeah. And instead, we brought a Circle of Magi to Orzammar. Yeah. So, <laughs> damn. There you go. Out of all the kingdoms that I wanted to know the outcomes of, Orzammar yes. was, like, the one that I wanted to know. Yeah. Because, one, 
It's a piece of shit. Two, oh, I want to no. know how Haramont was going to be if we decided the right ruler for this kingdom. And apparently- Would you say we did? Uh, what? Would you say we did? Uh, no. No, we didn't. <laughs> oh, but no. do I care? No. <laughs> <gasps> oh, you don't care. Because, Brandon, let's let's be honest here. Sure. This was the worst part of the game. So if they're <laughs> going to suffer, let them suffer. Oh, no. Yeah, Haramont died. Yeah, um, he died. He died, and he wasn't able to quell the riots of the Balin supporters. So, mm. either way, like he he died before he could yeah. even achieve that, and yeah. now we're back where we started, just trying to find yeah. a successor. Well, let me tell me what would have happened if uh, Balin was king. Would you like to know? I would love to know. Let's find out. So, um, Balin quickly proved to be a reformer. Trade with the surface lands increased, okay. and caste restrictions were loosened. Okay, so. Okay. Yes. Um, castlists were permitted to fight the Darkspawn in, in exchange for new freedoms. And thanks to that, the line in the deep roads where, like, it's safe mm -hmm. was pushed back. And a few tags were reclaimed. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he actually would have been quite good. Um, God damn it. But he's an asshole. He would have found enemies within the warrior noble castes. However, after several assassination attempts. Oh. Oh, this is bad. Okay, good. Okay, so, um, after several assassination att attempts, the assembly would be dissolved, and he would rule alone. So he's a tyrant. Some said as a tyrant. Others said as a visionary determined to drag Warzimar to the modern world. Or dictator. Yes, so he would actually, despite being, like, progressive and helping those who are less fortunate... Mm -hmm. He would rule as a dictator. And so, perhaps with Haramont, the next ruler can be one... That's good. ...that can unite. Even if Haramont himself isn't that person, at least Orzammar was kept out of the hands of, of a, tyrant. a tyrant, despite being able to achieve good things. Because yeah. even if he's able to push the Darkspawn back and, like, allow castless people to live better lives... What he's doing now sets the precedent for the future. Yeah. And now, for future rulers, there will be no assembly, and there will be no balances to check that a future ruler will himself, like, mm -hmm. turn to Orzammar to shit, and there'll be even less of a way to keep that in check. Yeah. So at least in this sense, even if Haramont himself didn't do as much good, at least there's more room in the future for good rulers to come. Yeah. You know what I've always wondered, though? Sure. What would have happened... If Branca was still alive. <gasps> That's also a, a, something that can be uh, brought up. So if Branca is still alive and we have Haramont, uh -huh. then he will have quickly put an end to the rebellions of the Balin supporters. Uh-huh. And... Um, they would still have been isolationists and um, caste restrictions would have grew, in fact. Oh, damn. Oh, and trade with the humans would have been all but cut off. Holy shit! But since Branca was killed, he didn't have the power of, like, the anvil and whatnot yeah. to actually achieve these goals of his. Oh, thank God. So he actually died before he was ever, like, successful enough to achieve mm -hmm. these things. So it turns out, we never really got to learn his policies, and it turns out they're not really our cup of tea. No. However, he at least wasn't able to enact them. Yeah. So, in a way, it's kind of the best option. Well, I don't know about the best option. It is the... The the best one would have been if, like, 
the stuff Balin achieved happened without Balin being a dictator, but I don't think that's an option. That's not an option. So, in a way, I don't, I don't want to know. I want to say if it's the best option, but it is an option that that I can live with. You yeah. know. Um. Oh my gosh, there's more. It says the rebellion saw the slums reduced to practically rubble. What? <laughs> oh no. Because there would have been a law excluding the caste list from common areas if he had, like, achieved more. Yeah. But the assembly would have remained united behind King Harrowmont. No shit, we killed all the Balin supporters. Yeah. That's crazy. So, at least we didn't get that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all just terrible. We also have the wonderful news. Yay! That Dagna was successful at her, you know, little little time at the circle and she wrote a book she's like newt scamander from fantastic beasts (laughs) she is she's a we we always knew she could achieve so much we said it since the beginning and now we know exactly what it is but now we know exactly that's gonna be in the finale yeah of dagger circle Circle. she's gonna achieve this great well the first season finale no i don't think no this dagger circle has three seasons i thought we said it had two no i think it only has three the first season finale is her father coming to the circle, finding out. Yeah, but we said that away. she would make a big achievement and that Gregor, the Night Enchanter, would come on her side by the end of the season, but the father would remain an antagonist. Oh, true. Yes, 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 yes. So this would be the achievement that, like, turns things around, but the father will still not be in favor. Oh, okay. Yes. So I thought that was the first season finale. And then the second season finale was when it didn't get renewed. And so it would end in a real, like in a way that was totally historically inaccurate. It would just tie up all the loose ends and totally like throw everything out the window. Yes. And it would become one of those things where it's like the last season of Dagna Circle really like dropped the ball because they just <laughs> wanted to like tie all the loose ends and it didn't even make sense to the historical accuracy. Exactly. And it was just like, everyone's happy and whatever. Yeah. That's how I imagine it. Like the first season is just like a marvel of like, <laughs> it's like not only is it historically sound but it's also like paints dwarves and women and all that in like a amazing light and then the last season just it's just like throws it all the it's shit like crap that's what i envisioned dagna circle to be <laughs> but i love that here she's able to achieve so much there's also the stuff with the anvil of the void oh yes the anvil because um we just even though we destroyed the anvil people tried to like harvest what was left of it and um they ended up making a golem that went insane and killed a whole bunch of people. So <laughs> so um, that kind of fell through. However, there is more if Branca's alive. Oh, Not really? only does it affect King Harriman's rule, but Branca will have mastered the technique of creating golems. And she'll learn how to use the Anvil of the Void <laughs> to create new golems. And dwarven people were super proud because she never revealed the cost. She never revealed that dwarven people had to be sacrificed and turned into slaves. So Balin, if he's king, he will eagerly provide subjects to Branca, (gasps) willing or not, to create golems to push the Darkspawn back. And that's why the Darkspawn will be pushed back so effectively. Okay, that's fucked up. Because he will have, like, been totally willing to just throw people in the arms of Branca and the cost of these dwarven lives would have been kept a secret throughout the entire thing. And the dwarven people would rejoice, thinking that they're doing so much to help them. King Balin eventually be at odds with Branca. Uh This is just really interesting to me. I'm sorry. It's okay. And Branca will refuse to create golems anymore for him. And she'll say she wants to make, like, golems not only just for him. She wants to, like, the power for herself, kind of. 
And um, he'll soon ban the use of it, and they'll attack Branka <gasps> and force her to shut down her like use of it. <laughs> if Haramont was king, however, uh-huh. um, he was also willing to provide volunteers for Branka, and um, they used the golems to crush the rebellion. So that's why he was willing because he needed them for his own personal gain. Of <sighs> and um, eventually he declares that no more souls. Like once the rebellion is over, he says, "Okay, we're not allowed to use golems anymore." However, people will still see the need for them because, again, they don't know the cost. And there'll be a secret, like, underground activity of people kidnapping humans and <gasps> elves. And making them into And go- giving them to Branka to make into golems. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then due to that, a war will have broken out between Orzmar and Ferelden. So, honestly, I killing Branka was the best thing we could have done. Yes. Killing her was... Saved so many people. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what Agram is thinking in marrying her in the first yeah. place because she sounds like a terrible person. She sounds like a terrible person. She's a power hungry, and she so much so, like if Balin was king and Bronca was alive, Balin would be able to squash her. But if Haramont was, he would not be able to stop her, and it would have caused a war, and she, they would have been kidnapping humans. <sighs> And she's just evil. She's willing to do all this just for, like, the anvil of the void. <laughs> she's a crazy person. She, thank God, Bronca's dead. Yes. This is the best decision we made all game. True to her word, Morgan vanished the same night she made her offer at Redcliffe Castle. Someone of Morgan's description was later seen traveling alone, heading west through the Frostback Mountains. Several years later, tales out of Orlay said... That a strange dark-haired mage had insinuated herself. Oh, in, is that insinuated? Yeah, herself within the Empress's court. Oh, oh damn! She's moving up. She's moving up. Good for her. Yeah, that's interesting. We find out that Morgan did indeed leave after Redcliffe. I mean, we knew that, <laughs> but word of her being sighted near the Frostback Mountains, which is the mountain that Orzammar's entrance is located, mm-hmm. were, were spread. And later on, apparently, a strange dark-haired mage was um, just anointed part of the Empress's court of Orlais. Which is very interesting. It's very interesting because she's like a wilds woman, you know? She's, yeah. She, she's even said, like, she doesn't even know why people shake hands. She <laughs> finds it to be an intrusion. So I can't imagine being able to like succeed in Orlay. Although she is very like She's very ladylike in a way. She's very ladylike. She's very um posh. She's very posh, like the way she speaks. She's very smart and she's also knows how to manipulate. Yeah. And I feel like in Orlay they appreciate that in a person. <laughs> so I think that's interesting. However, mm-hmm. we did not perform the ritual with her. Uh-huh. Had you there's not much different. It'll say that she was found in the Frostback Mountains after some time. And some may even have said she was with a child. Oh! However, what we didn't know before this is that it's possible to sleep with Morgan and not perform the ritual. Wait, what? It's possible to sleep with her without doing the ritual. And if so, she'll have a child, but it won't be like the Darkspawn child. It'll be like just a normal child. With the warden as the father. Holy shit. Yeah. However, if you do perform the ritual, then the same can be said. However, we know that this child will be... Evil. 
the well, not evil, but evil. He'll be the the child with the soul of the archdemon. Yes. That's Morgan. There's a few other things that can happen with her. Like if you romance her, it'll say that um, you gave a ring to Morgan mm-hmm. because that's like part of your romance arc. And you'll say that like there came a night when she was thinking of him and felt regret and whatever. Aww. But uh, yeah, this that's that's Morgan. And after Morgan, we we see title cards that explain all sorts of endings for our companions and how we impacted their lives. As for the Grey Wardens, Alistair was as good as his word. The Arling of Amaranthine was given to the Order, and a new headquarters established there. A statue of Stevan towers over its entrance, in memory of one who made the ultimate sacrifice so that others might live. Oh, Is that going to be in the next game? That'd be nice. Stevan's remains were transported with a full honor guard to the Grey Warden Fortress of Weishaupt in the Anderfels. There they were installed in the tomb alongside those of the four others who have made the same sacrifice to defeat a blight. Oh, so they, like, keep the remains of all the Grey Wardens that That died killing an archdemon. Wynne remained in service to the throne of Ferelden for a time, politely refusing the position of First Enchanter when it was offered to her. After almost a year, she quietly collected her things and announced that she was journeying to see more of the world before her time came, and then she was gone. Is she dead? I think so. We knew she was dying. Yeah. I guess she, like, felt like she, it was her time and she mm-hmm. wanted to, like, see the world before she did. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do... I'll let's do, do every other, because I think there's going to be all companions. Yeah. Sten bowed once before Stevan's remains and then left without a word. Returning to his homeland, his honor had been restored and when fellow Kunari asked him, asked if there were worthy people outside Parvalin, Sten would answer that in all his travels he had only met a single one. Stevan. Oh, that's nice. I'm gonna read the next one. Sure. Ogren remained on the surface for a time, adventuring as far as the nearest tavern and gaining a reputation as an occasionally dangerous nuisance. Great. <laughs> Eventually, he left Ferelden, accepting employment with a mercenary company renowned for its supply of fine ales. Wow. So he's just out having fun. He's an alcoholic. Yeah. Shale, our sassy queen, or whatever you call her. She's our sassy queen, or whatever. Sassy thick queen. Shale left Ferelden soon after the battle at Denerim, refusing all offers of reward by the royal court. The golem was not seen again, but rumors abounded of an angry dwarven woman in the far north who had hunted pigeons with reckless abandon. Did she turn back into a dwarf somehow? Oh my god. I need to know more about this. Oh, I'll let you read this one. Oh, this is about Zer- Zevran lingered in Denerim for a time, mourning the loss of his love and working for the Ferelden throne as a distraction. Eventually, the crows came after him once again, and he elected to take the fight to their doorstep, returning to Antiva. After four master assassins disappeared, the crows readmitted Zevran as their leader. He maintained a distance from his former comrades even then, and despite frequent offers of new bedmates, never loved again. Oh. No, we... But yet... So he's back with the crows, but he's leader, so maybe he's, like, good, better off? Maybe. But he never loved again. Well... Oh, Liliana. Liliana remained at court for a time, penning a ballad dedicated to Stevan, 
one that would eventually become known throughout Thetis. But after one performance at the palace, Liliana quietly vanished. Ooh. Some say she returned to Orlais, but it is not known for certain. As the blighted lands began to heal and the Grave Warden slowly rebuilt the order in Amaranthian, they discovered that the fight against the Darkspawn was not yet complete. Although the Horde was routed and had dissolved upon the Archdemon's death, many of the more powerful Darkspawn survived to organize roving, roving warbands that preyed both upon the land and upon each other. So they're still around, just like causing trouble here and there. Yeah. These warbands spread havoc, and some even journeyed west into Orlais or across the Shining Sea by the deep roads. They proved incredibly difficult to wipe out. But these are tales for other heroes. Sequel. The tale of Stevan ended when he sank the blade into the Archdemon's head and destroyed it forever. Whatever follows his sacrifice will not soon be forgotten. Thus ends Enchantment Origins. Yes. Can you believe that this, we completed the this game? This is um, a really weird moment for me because we literally started working on this podcast um, last May. Yeah. We started playing May Dra- 2018. May 2018, Dragon Age Origins. Mm-hmm. We started playing it. And to be here yeah. at the end uh-huh. is quite uh, it's a wonderful feet that we went through yeah i'm super proud of us we we really set out to do an ambitious project because dragon age is such a meaty series mm-hmm. and that's part of the reason why we felt that dragon age would be such a great series to do this with and be able to get so much out of having such an in-depth experience with a video game mm-hmm. and i think it really delivered and i'm so proud of the project we made I and know. even before may may 2018 we still planned so much I had a talk for yeah. this, and it's really been so far in the making, and I'm really proud of like what we've made with Enchantment Origins. Yeah. That being said, Enchantment is not over. Oh no, not at all. Because anyone who's listening that is familiar with the Dragon Age series may know, um, and if you're not, we will let you know that <laughs> there's two other games: Dragon Age Two and Dragon Age Inquisition, both of which um, take your save data and your choices from Dragon Age Origins and incorporate those into the story. So everything we've done with Stevan up to this point, our decisions and our actions, what we were able and not able to achieve, will progress with us along yeah. with the podcast for the future of it. So I'm so excited to see where the podcast goes. For yeah. the first time, we're able to say like, oh, I can't wait to see how it plays out. And we <laughs> actually don't know yet. Exactly, because we haven't played those uh, games those games yet so and um you may also be aware that dragon age has dlc and a lot of other auxiliary material that flesh out the games and we're really excited to explore that with you as well and so while we produce dragon age 2 
play it for ourselves and experience it from our eyes, we will be entering a bit of a hiatus for Enchantment Podcast. However, the hiatus isn't necessarily a pause. Yeah. <laughs> because we will still plan to produce content pretty frequently, actually. Yeah, you, you there won't be any like quiet time <laughs> for this hiatus we're gonna definitely develop a lot of content for you to enjoy yeah um we will be padding out the schedule a little bit more rather than releasing once a week we will be releasing every other week starting with a plot retrospective of the entire experience we've had with dragon age origins and our hiatus will be filled with all sorts of content leading up to Dragon Age 2. So we will be having retrospectives on the entire franchise that we've experienced thus far as a whole. Mm-hmm. We will be experiencing the DLC that come along with Dragon Age Origins. One of them, which is very long, Dragon yeah. Age Awakening, yeah. which is more of an expansion than a DLC-like yeah. quest. Um, and we will be reading some of the books that give some backstory to what we've experienced here in Dragon Age Origins. And... We have a lot of content in this, quote, hiatus, that it's almost not even a hiatus. Yeah, I just feel like the show is just going to keep going. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that the content we're doing is going to be so different. Rather than playing the game and commenting along with it, we're going to be experiencing all these auxiliary things. We're going to be talking about our experience as a whole. We're going to be experiencing books and DLC and all these things that will eventually lead up to a full new season of Enchantment with Dragon Age 2. Yes. And so I am so excited to do all those things. And we will also... Well, we also have our Patreon episodes as well. So in addition to producing all that extra content in a uh, every other week buffer, we will still be making content for our Patreon. So we hope if you'd enjoyed this first season so far, we really, really encourage you to support the show because all the money that we've been making through Patreon goes right back into the content that we make for you guys. We've been investing in new games to play for Enchantment bonus episodes. We've been investing the money into our future endeavors with the podcast through Dragon Age, whether it be the DLC and the books that we all need to make this possible. And we're so excited to be continuing to make bonus content. The next episode will be releasing eight weeks after the first episode was released. And as we make new goals on Patreon, we'll be releasing them more frequently. And we'll be making even more Dragon Age related bonus content as well. So we really hope you take the time to support us on Patreon. And if not, at least join us through social media and in the Discord for the for the podcast, which is linked in the description. That way you can take part in conversations, not only involving Enchantment, but involving Dragon Age as a whole, and even video games and other pieces of media. We are so proud of the community that we've built yeah, so definitely. far. People have been so kind and so welcoming to each other. Um, whether they're active or not, people have just been very willing to engage and socialize and kind of meet other people in this community. And that was one of our goals with creating a Discord, not just to have a bubble yeah. of people who like us. Yeah. <laughs> but we wanted to be able to make a community where people could meet each other through this experience that yeah. we've shared. And I'm really proud of what we've done so far with Me it. Me too, yeah. And I would also like to thank our fans. Yes, every should, listener. Every listener that has listened throughout this entire season uh, yes because of you we do this mm-hmm. and uh you definitely did uh support us through this entire endeavor and we'd like to thank you so much absolutely yeah this is such a project of passion for the both of us we put so much work into it through playing the game and 
going through the footage of us playing to commenting it and thinking outside the podcast of all the different ways you can analyze what we've experienced. Mm -hmm. And we're so happy to know that you were there along with us. And, you know, we don't do it for the numbers or for the the listens or for the influence or whatever you want to call it. We do it because it's such a passionate project for us. And we're so happy to see that there are people who are also passionate consumers of it and that are willing to go along with us for the journey. So... Stevan, unfortunately, is dead. Is dead. <laughs> we will be leaving him behind in Dragon Age Origins and in Enchantment Origins. But what he's done for the series and for us and for Dragon Age moving forward as we play new games will always be remembered. I, uh, yes. And Manny, I'm so glad that we got to experience it together. I know. I can't imagine anyone else that I could do this with. Neither because everyone else in my life hates me. <laughs> well, shit, Brandon. I'm kidding. No, I, I really, I can't imagine doing this with anyone else. And it's meant so much to me that you've engaged in a series that you've never played before. Oh, and, and, a, and a kind of genre that I've never experienced before. Uh huh. So this was thank you, Brandon. Of course, for introducing me to this. <laughs> Because now I'm kind of more interested in picking up more games like this. So, uh-huh. I mean, along with Dragon Age, I kind of want to... Now it's making me want to play more, like, RPG yeah. games. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in going into Mass Effect now. Oh, my gosh. So, I've never played Mass Effect either. So, I... This has changed my life. Thank you. <laughs> of course. I'm so happy to have to have experienced this with you. And I'm so glad that we ripped off the Band-Aid and did it. Because yeah. it's been so fun and so much work. Mm-hmm. But... The work continues because we'll be continuing, like we said, with more bonus content on Patreon, more content through the podcast, whether it be retrospectives, DLC, the Dragon Age books we'll be covering, and it's all going to lead up to our playthrough of Dragon Age 2, which will be our full second season. So thank you all so much. If you'd like to follow us and support us more, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at EnchantmentCast. You can email the show at EnchantmentPodcast at gmail.com. Again, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash enchantmentcast. You can find us on Discord, linked in the description of this episode and of all episodes of Enchantment. And please, if you can't support us monetarily or otherwise, please take the time to review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show and it helps us kind of grow our audience so that we can continue making more content. And um, on that note, if you can share the show, we, we would so much appreciated because the more people listen the more ears that this yeah. project is reaching and it would mean so much to us that you care enough about it to share it with those of your friends that also love dragon age because yeah. i feel like after all this it's hard not to love dragon age no matter yeah. how glitchy it can be oh god which just frightened me at times <laughs> it's it's been an amazing experience and we want to share that with as many people yeah. in the community as possible and hopefully rekindle that feeling of discovering Dragon Age that mm-hmm. you, you really don't have with a series after you've experienced it for the first time. Yeah. I, I hope that this can provide that for new listeners. Mm-hmm. And so, again, thank you so much. And as always, I've been Brandon. And I've been Manny. And this has been Enchantment. And we hope you enjoyed your stay at Disney's Magic Kingdom.